night owls welcome to the next episode of isn't it past your bedtime i'm rachel and i'm krista uh i'm like oh what's the date this goes up so father's day is around the corner i was like did it just pass or did is it coming up mm, good idea it yes, was important up. because we did pick books that are kind of dad centric yeah dad related because yeah in america father's day is coming up so <laughs> there's fathers in them that have something to do the fact that their fathers had something to do with the book they are in the book. Yep. Yep. <laughs> mine is alive even. So haha. Hey, mine too. Look at that. Look, alive fathers. Good. Why do they always let the dads live? I don't even know. This is a rant <laughs> for another day. But anyways, that's what you can expect out of today's books is that that is our common theme. I'm just going to jump right into mine. Yeah. I'm excited because Krista and I actually did pick the same book, um, <laughs> but we realized it beforehand. So it's okay. Yeah. Notice with right. enough time to change. So we're good. Yeah. But I am very excited because I did read like 30 whole pages of this book before we discovered. So now I'm like, ooh, what happens? Oh, it gets wild. I'm not even going to be able to tell you much more anyway. Dang it. Okay. I know, but I appreciate you uh, acquiescing the book pick to me because I didn't have any others. Dads in them. <laughs> I was like, really? Not a single one? I've got no. like 20 on my shelf. No, none. <laughs> no dads. No dads. All siblings and shit. Okay. Uh, the book that I picked is A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham. This was a book of the month club, so I expect that a lot of people read it. You know, I should just start paying attention when it says book of the month in the corner and I buy them because there's a good chance you picked it. Did you buy it secondhand? And I think that you yes, were book I did. Club. Okay, I was like, I think you were a book of the club member, so. No, I bought it from Thrift Books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually really enjoying Thrift Books. Just to throw that out there. Um, I don't love buying all my books off Amazon. I know they're technically like a bookstore or they were 25 years ago, yeah. but I don't want to feed the beast. It's fine. Yeah. I'm so not, not a plug, but love thrift books. Anyways, I'll flicker in the dark. So this book is, let me get my little, little book notes. <laughs> um, this book goes between like 20 years ago and then like present day. I think like 2021, 2022 maybe is when this book came out. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Uh, So 20 years ago, Chloe, when she was a kid, I don't remember how old she was. She was 12. She was 12. Um, When she was 12, her father was arrested for murdering three, no, six women. That's a lot more than three. Six. Yeah. I mean, three is also like not a good number to murder, but. He's also not good, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was six. Um, okay. So he's arrested and tried and convicted of murdering six girls. And they were like teenagers. Like they weren't like even adults, which is oh, okay. so, sad. Yeah. So like um, I think they were like the ages of them were like 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Like, they were young. Okay. Pretty gross. Uh, that would be a very hard childhood. Uh, this was they. She grew up in like a small town outside of um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Louisiana, okay. right? Mm, yes. Okay. <laughs> My brain was like, "Oh no, <laughs> panic moment." Is it Louisiana? Uh, so, as you can imagine, she decided she did not want to be part of that life at all. Uh, her mom couldn't stand what had happened and tried to kill herself uh she did not succeed and did succeed in becoming a vegetable essentially oh so she requires full-time care uh yeah it's bad yeah this is just setting the stage for what this is going to be like 
Um, so her mom, she she does have a brother, Cooper, um, but their mom requires full-time care. But obviously when they were like 12 and 16 or 17, like they didn't have the means to do it. They didn't have the ability to do it. And then in college, what are you going to do? Like your mom going to kind of live in the dorm? Like you yeah. have, she needs like real care. Um, so their mom lives in a facility. There, that makes sense, yeah. In, in Baton Rouge, uh, which is where... Chloe and Cooper now live. I'm not sure actually if Cooper lives directly in Baton Rouge, but he stops by, like she sees him. So I'm assuming he at least lives lives close, close by. enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mutable enough. Yeah. So Chloe's become a therapist for teenage girls, ironically. <laughs> Shocking. Um I'm like, where do I even start with what's happening now? It's so crazy. Uh basically, somebody's murdered. Hmm. So 20 years later, and it's just about the anniversary of, um, like, the murders, because the murders began in July, 20 years prior. And then in around July, a girl in the same area, around the same um, age frame that was her dad's interest, is murdered. She thinks it's strange, and she feels like she recognizes the girl, but she's like, she looks like every other teenage girl that comes into my office, right? Like, like the eyeliner and the outfit, like just all of it. She's like, that's probably why I feel like I recognize this girl. Um, but then another girl disappears and it's one that had been in her office days earlier, like just been in her office. So Chloe starts to get paranoid and suspecting that maybe these murders have something to do with her dad. Her dad is obviously still in jail. He's incarcerated. She has not spoken to him in 20 years. She has no interest in doing so. I don't blame her. Uh, so she's trying to figure out like what's the connection here like how is this possible am i just being paranoid i guess she has like kind of a history of paranoia um and the police don't like really want to talk to her because of who she is like when she was 12 she did help the police and like give valuable information to, that led to her father's arrest which is great but you're 12 and then i guess in college she had an incident where she thought her roommate was murdered which the circumstances when if you read it you'll see i can understand why she thought that and i would have too like even if Okay. I didn't have her history, but because of that, the police basically just think that she's looking for things that aren't there. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, why would this be related to you? Like, how is that possible? A reporter has reached out to her and, like, wants to ask questions about, like, her dad. Um, And so her and this reporter, even though she was kind of reluctant to talk to him at first, because I guess she's, like, tried before to, like, talk about it. And people have just really villainized her, which I get. Like, they, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, she's making excuses for him or whatever the case so she's really hesitant to talk to him about it, but she's not sure who to talk to. Her fiance, they've only known each other for about a year. Her brother does not like this guy. Um, he's like a little suspicious. She's madly in love with him. She doesn't think he's suspicious at all. I was going to say, also- engaged after a year, yeah, you're probably madly in love or possibly pregnant. Yeah, right. There's like basically two options there. Um, but she doesn't feel like she can talk to him about like her suspicions about what's going on because she knows that she hasn't really let him in. And, like, her brother has said, like, he doesn't even really know you. Like, he threw her a surprise party because she didn't want to have, like, an engagement party or whatever. So he threw a surprise party. All the lights off were, like, off in the house. He came up behind her and startled her. Like, with her history, she's just like, no, I don't like surprises. I don't like being scared. Like, yeah. Also, why? for him that, like, he didn't get, like, a bloody nose. Honestly, I'd have elbowed that man in the face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, like, right to the groin, like. thousand percent. not going to be fun in the end. Like, this isn't going to be enjoyable for you. Right. So 
there are definitely instances like with her and her fiance where like you can tell that like they don't really know each other so like you get why she's not wanting to talk to him about this like he doesn't like he knows what happened with her dad like he knows the the past but she hasn't really talked about like her like deep feelings about it necessarily Mm because she's like of the mind of like i'm a therapist i don't need therapy oh of course not no she gave herself therapy it's fine yeah she just like self-therapizes herself while she's in the car on the way to work exactly yeah so you're good that's what so you she's, do. So she's fine. She's totally fine. <laughs> um, so she does start doing some investigating. Um, some weird stuff comes up. Like they talk, they, this alternates like a lot back and forth between what happened 20 years ago and then what happens now. Um, so 20 years ago, just for like a little bit of extra context, is that like Lena was like the the first murder that happened, and she, she was actually friends with Lena, like Chloe was, even though Lena mm-hmm. was 15 and she was 12. She was like that, like older sister cool girl at school who would like bring her hand-me-downs like they lived in a small Mm. town right Mm -hmm. so like she got to know her and she felt like that one was always different like it was all something was different about lena and like she could recall instances where her father was like staring at her and like one of her pieces of jewelry like her belly button ring is like what she identified and was able to connect her dad with the murder so like it goes back and forth mostly between Lena, but it does talk a little bit about the other victims that occurred 20 years ago. But Lena is really the primary focus okay. um, just because she had a personal relationship with her specifically. Like it just it felt different. Like it felt more personal with her than the other girls. It felt like um, opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's like a victim of opportunity versus a victim of like there's a specific intent. Yeah. Um, so it bounces back and forth between the two and it gives you a lot of background about what happened. It's a, a lot of like... <laughs> the 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 history there's a lot of like teenage girls talking like Mm. honestly (laughs) but it all kind of feeds into this whole narrative of like lena's different and like it kind of explains like how lena's different and then you can see in her behavior like what made her different and then like what led to her being killed she like knows something or she was part of something because like Mm. she was kind of one of those people who like to push push people Mm -hmm. like push boundaries and so like you can you're kind of trying to piece it together the whole time as Chloe is. Um, She does find out that Lena's father, who was like more than just grief, but like particularly angry, like wanted to kill her and her family, like harass them. Cause like they dealt with a lot of harassment after her dad was arrested and convicted. Yeah. Like people threw rocks through their window. Like they had to leave. Mm -hmm. Like there was no way. Um, But her dad in particular, it was like beyond regular, like anger and guilt. Like it, it felt more targeted, um, mm. And I'm mean, partially like somebody who you thought was your friend that you've invited to your home before you find out he murdered your daughter. Yeah, I'd be really mm-hmm. pissed. Yeah, um, I can see his reaction. Doesn't right. mean I condone it, but I understand it. Right. So they find out that like he's living in Baton Rouge. And so she's like doing this like sneaky investigations while looping in the reporter, but leaving her fiance out of it. And her fiance is an insurance sale. No, no, not insurance pharma sales that's it so he's always got drugs on him sus um he's gone for long periods of time he'll be gone for the whole weekend like he'll like tell her oh you don't remember i had this conference and she's just like oh that's not good she's like a history of like mixing pills with alcohol so people basically think she's kind of crazy like a little Mm. girl on the train ish in that respect where Uh people don't really take her seriously yeah she's not like a reliable narrator at this point or they can use it to their advantage right like even if she's not been doing that like they can make it feel like that like it's very gaslighty to her so like i feel for chloe a lot like she must feel insane like throughout this whole (laughs) book um but I can't even tell you any details, but essentially because these girls are missing and Lena or Chloe is super insistent that they're related. 
they go down a bunch of rabbit holes, right? She puts herself into maybe some situations that are a little bit sketchy. She definitely withholds information from like her brother and her fiance, like selectively trying to kind of feel out what's happening. We don't really see her brother that much other than we really know that he doesn't like the fiance. So like you get this vibe that like there's something off with the, the fiance, right? Okay. So, like it definitely like steers you in that direction. Um, you like haven't met his family. Like she's never met his family. He, he refuses to allow her to invite his parents to um their wedding yeah their wedding is coming up in like a month he like picked the month that is the 20 year anniversary like it was the only date open so he's like yeah we'll just do it in july and she's just like i, I don't want to yeah like, like no and also like fine if you don't want to invite your family but like you need to tell me why yeah like, so she starts like kind of putting these pieces together right like he was here he was here so there are definitely a few like standout suspects that she has um she does report one of the suspects that she suspects to the police and then that's when the police are like we can't trust you at all which mm. super sucks and then she doesn't want to tell the police when she has a viable suspect which is so frustrating as a reader because it's just like <laughs> damn it she's yeah. probably onto something here but um I will say that while the breadcrumbs led in one direction, there was some misdirection that happened. There was definitely some sketchy stuff that you kind of saw coming. Mm -hmm. Um, I did call like 50 pages in to my husband, like a couple of the things that are going to happen. I was like, I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen. And one of them, I was right. Okay. 50-50, not so bad. Yeah, I feel like that was pretty solid. Um, it was a really good read, though. I really liked the the back and forth. They did a really good job with it. It wasn't necessarily like each chapter, and it didn't always call out that it was like back in the in the past, but it was always really obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not always the case. So I'm gonna give this book like a four and a half because I only guessed one of the things. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I was say, yeah, I'm gonna still have to read it because like I'm curious. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to give too much information. I I know you haven't read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I started it. So yeah, because yeah, I got to the they're like the surprise party part. I was like, oh yeah, I do remember that. And yep. then and even what you're reading that part, I was like, uh, he that should not have done this. Like just how like no. she was like approaching the house at that, and then that's what it was. And that's literally like like I said, I read twenty whole pages, so I gives nothing away to anybody. But I was like, ah, something is weird with their relationship. So yeah, something's off for sure. Mm-hmm. Some red yeah. flags. Yeah, I'll definitely have to read that one. So mine is a very different kind of father situation here. So I read Falling by T.J. Newman. Um, This is like a plane has been taken hostage, basically, by terrorists. Um, One of the main reasons that I picked it is like, so like some of my favorite movies are always like plane related things. And so I was like, oh, a plane book. Fun. Snakes on planes. I've never actually seen that one, surprisingly. Me either, actually. (laughs) Um, But also what is kind of cool is that the author... TJ Newman used to be a flight attendant for like 10 years or something like that. So like what they're writing about is like actually proper versus like, I feel like some of these ones that I've read before where you're like, is that really how like this would interact? And like some of like the things that like the characters are talking about, like, like one of them, it's like the flight attendant is like, Oh no, I'm just going to have a slam lock tonight. Like on the first night when they like get to like where they're going and that just means, like, you know, obviously, like, the hotel door slams and then the door locks kind of a thing. And it's just, like, little things like that where you're like, oh, yeah, that seems like a real thing that people in the industry would actually say. So that was a lot of fun. Either way, our main character, Bill, who is the father in the book, uh, he is a pilot for Coastal Airlines. He's been there for, like, 25 years. Um, and I think he's, like, the third most 
senior guy at this point like coastal airlines started apparently as like um like a pop i well, not a pop-up um anyway it started as like a brand new teeny tiny like airlines and he joined like right when they started and it's like kind of rare for these oh startup airlines that's the word i was looking for so like a oh startup. i was like is there a pop-up airline i was trying to think i was like mm-hmm. mm, like spirit yeah. airlines is that a pop-up what would be yeah a pop-up? yeah my pop-up is not at all what i wanted a startup um and apparently like it's like kind of rare for startups to actually like survive but he like got in right at the beginning so like now he's like super high up um and he lives in los angeles and lax is his like main place that he flies out he's married to carrie he has a 10 year old named scott and then a 10 month old named elise i think is how you pronounce it uh she's definitely a baby and like carrie was like in her like late 30s early 40s when she got pregnant like Mm -hmm. a year ago um so it was like so like they're kind of like trying to figure out how to like live their life now um yeah at the start of the book they're kind of in the middle of the fight bill and carrie are because bill so it's scott the 10 year old it's like his opener day for little league um and bill promised he was going to be there so like he made sure he didn't have any flights the day before or the day after or the day up and then his boss who was like so like i said he's like number three so his boss like the very tippy top is like hey like i really need you to pick up this flight and he's like if it was anyone else i would have said no but then like we also have like his point of view where like it the baseball thing never even crossed his mind so it's like okay well even if somebody else asked you still probably would have said yes because you weren't even thinking about the fact that you made this promise to your son rude yeah so carrie is understandably angry at him this morning um and she put in a call because their internet wasn't working and like the internet repairman shows up so that's like this awkward thing where like having like a semi-fight with their eyes but like the cable repairman is like right there so it's kind of weird so he leaves um scott is also like playing outside and like he doesn't even say like bill doesn't even say bye to him which i thought was weird like you walked outside weird to your car why did you not just say bye to your son but whatever that's beside the point either way so he goes he gets through security he gets on the plane um he like tries to call carrie like when he gets through security and she doesn't answer and he's like oh she must still be angry whatever like no texts come through anything like that and then all of a sudden he gets like an email or no he gets a facetime from her like they're up flying at this point like they're in cruising altitude and they're going all the way to jfk so they're flying cross country so this is like a six-hour flight or something like that um turns out carrie and the kids have been kidnapped and are being held at gunpoint and they have explosive vests on them wow what a twist yeah so you're like okay and like and we know that like before the facetime because like as soon as oh, okay like bill's like car runs off because this book just kind of like jumps back and forth like through different people's perspective like this thing will be happening and then all of a sudden you'll jump to the other person perspective so it's all over the place kind of it's easy to follow but it's just it's an interesting way to write hmm. um way, yeah so like bill leaves and carrie has like making the cable repairman guy like coffee or i guess it's internet whatever or making him tea or something and like turns around and he's pointing a gun at her like fun and like i don't uh, think he's from the internet company oh uh, no he actually is he really does work for him this is a long con oh playing, damn playing a long all right game. i stand corrected yeah i know i thought so too i was like oh this is gonna be fake and then yeah. like basically she says something and he's like oh no he's like i really do work for him but like i'm the person that you call to schedule and like this isn't actually like on the books so he's like i'm also the one who like jammed your internet so you had to call so he really knows what he's doing and he does work there clever uh either way so now he's like on facetime with bill and like 
Bill is sitting here, right? Like, and he's in the pilot seat and he has a co-pilot right next to him. So it's not like he can like talk and be like, homie, what are you doing? Kidnapping my family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guy like, tie, he's like, put on your headphones. Like we put headphones in your bag and we like put a computer privacy screen in your bag. And he doesn't even know what's in his own bag. So, okay. So he puts those on and like the bad guy goes by Sam. Um, the bad guy. Yeah. The bad guy is named Sam. He's like, uh, obviously you can't talk out loud because your first officer is sitting right there. So like, mm-hmm. if you want, like you can email me or e- email your wife, email address. He's like, I'll read it and I'll respond out loud. So that's how they're communicating. Basically Wild. what it comes down to is Sam is like, you have an option. You can crash this plane or I'll kill your family. Take your pick. And he's like, well, I'm not You'll die in the crash. That's fine. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They don't care if Bill dies. They want the plane to crash. <sighs> I mean, I just mean like that just adds to the decision. It's not oh. even like kill this group oh. of people or kill your family. It's like you'll you'll die yeah, too. Yeah, you'll also die. Yeah. And Bill is like, I'm not gonna do either of those things. And it's like, well, yes, you are, because if you land the plan safely at JFK, you have made a decision and now your family will die. So like mm-hmm. you're making a decision either way. And he's like, I'm not gonna crash this plane. And every time he like types out that he's not gonna crash the plane, Sam's like, Oh, so you made your decision. Great. Kill your family now. And you know, he does a stereotypical like don't tell anybody like if anyone shows up to the house like they're gonna die like don't tell anything like this it's a bill sitting here obviously like uh what am i gonna do um he goes outside and also this is like another thing that i like is that like the actual like proper like handoff right like i have controls i have the controls kind of a thing and like yeah and then like post 9 11 now like the flight attendant who's like up in first class like stands to like block the cabin door whenever like the pilot wants to get in or out it was like, with, oh, with right. like the first line of defense to make sure like nobody can like rush the the pilot area cockpit, cockpit thank you oh poor oh. flight attendants though wow yeah seriously and so he comes out and like the fle- three flight attendants that are working today so joe is up in first class she's been there like almost as long as he has um i think they've like flown together for like 20 years or something like that and then they have this other guy um big daddy his real name is like Michael or something, but he's apparently this like infamous flight attendant. Like his employee number is three digits long. Like that's how long he's been doing this and everything been a while. like that. Yeah. So like kind of like one of those ones. Um, and then they have Kelly who is like still on probation. She got this flight picked up on reserve. So basically that means like somebody called in sick and she just, she's just like on call waiting to see if she's going to go to work and somebody called out sick. So she, they, she just randomly gets this flight. randomly here, but yeah. also at the same time, you're like, okay, but did you? Because Sam, the terrorist guy, is like, by the way, like, if you don't do these things, um, we have a backup plan on board. Okay, so there's like a a bomber or something on the plane. Yeah, because before Bill crashes the plane, like a a little bit before, he's supposed to throw this, like, one, he's supposed to um, poison the co-pilot, obviously, because, like, if he's just trying to try to, like, crash the plane, he would stop him. Mm -hmm. Um, So they, like, put this, like, powder in his bag. So he's supposed to, like, put it in his drink or whatever and kill a co-pilot. And then you're supposed to throw this canister of gas, like open the door, throw it, shut the door and like gas everybody on the plane and then crash the plane. So they're like making sure everyone's really going to be dead here. So, so there's like all these steps that he's going to have to do. So very thought out steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have lots of plans. Um, He does end up bill. So he like goes out and he's like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He decides to tell Joe because he's like, I can't do nothing. Right. Like he's like, I have to. And Lily told me not to. And he's like, because I was thinking they're like, 
who do I trust? And he's like, right. Okay, if like, somebody is a mole. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've known this woman for 20 years. We've flown together. We've worked together. I know her. They consider themselves friends. She's like, it's not her. So he tells her and he's like, you know, like, what do you like the other two flight attendants? What do you think? And she's like, no, she's like, I know it's not big daddy. She's like, and I know I just met Kelly, the one who just came off her service. She's like, but she's like, I get like this vibe. Like, I don't think it's her. And I was like, mm, okay, I don't know that I trust that, but I'm sus of Kelly, but okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then Joe's like, well, what do you think of Ben? Because Ben's the co-pilot. I was and, guessing co-pilot. And he was like, well, he, like, he's flown with them a couple of times. And he's like, it's the same kind of thing. He's like, I've flown with them a couple of times. Like, I trust him. I don't think it's him. And they're like, okay. Like, well, we only it's have somebody. Like, therapy. Yeah, it's like, it's somebody on the plane, but also it could be a passenger. I guess right? that's true. It could be a passenger. A lot, a lot of options. Also, it might not be a person, like you were saying. It could be like a physical thing that had got put on the plane yeah. somehow. Yeah. So lots of options. Um. Either way, so Bill and like Bill can only basically take so much time while he's on this like bathroom break before it's going to get like sus to Ben that he's like taking a really long time. Like, mm-hmm. he's, and also like apparently the FAA says that these are supposed to be like the wording is like not in excess or something like that. Like, they don't tell you like a time of like how long it can be, but it's like don't dilly dally basically. Um, number one only. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you are not doing <laughs> on this flight. I'm sorry. <laughs> figure that out beforehand. Um, and so he's like, okay, well, I got to get in, but I don't know what to do. But it just so happens Joe's nephew works for the FBI. So she texts him and is like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, his name is Noah. He, like, had done something previously. So he's only been the FBI for, like, three years. And he, like, ran in too early or, like, trusted a source he shouldn't have. And he's basically got himself in a lot of hot water. And his new boss doesn't really trust him all that much at this point. Like he, Sounds fair. He's proven basically to like act first, think later, which not great for the FBI doesn't love that. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets this text and he's like, well, crap, I have to tell my boss. So he goes and like tells his boss and she was like, and I'm just supposed to trust your aunt. Like, I don't know this woman. And like, I also don't really even trust you all that much right now. So like, yeah, I'm with the FBI. You have to take every threat seriously. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So she does, but she's also like, what am I going to do? Right. Cause she's like, she's supposed to call mm-hmm. like the FAA and like Bill had like convinced the terrorist guy was like, okay, well he's using some, like, he actually lied basically, but he was like, oh, like I have to know what the target is that I'm crashing the plane into because, like, if I'm going to take it off course, like, I have to, like, plan it out. And they're like, okay, I'm not going to tell you the specific, but the D.C. area. So that's, like, what they tell the FBI. And so Got now it. the FBI boss lady is like, well, I have to tell the FAA. I got to call the White House. I got to call, like, all this sure laundry list of acronyms. So she's like, we need to decide before we even act on this, like, what exactly are we going to do? Um, They do, they obviously end up telling people, like, because she's like, okay, she's like, it's one of two things. Either you're wrong and we all look like idiots really you look like an idiot but that's still going to kind of fall back on her she's like or Mm -hmm. you were right and i did nothing like she's like okay it's not a risk they can take literally yeah exactly so they go they go to the house the house well i don't know if i want to tell you what happens when they get to the house Mm, gosh i don't know if i want to tell you what happens. i don't think i'm going to either way the fbi gets the fbi gets involved and they're like trying to hunt down the family figure out what happens everything like that um and like this whole time like it's not like something happens obviously something happens at the house Doy, i'm telling mm-hmm. you that part mm-hmm. um and like bill kind of knows it but then like sam is like turned off the camera at this point so like now he's in like in no contact he's like kind of panicking 
he doesn't know what to do like he's like trying to come up with a plan because like him and joe had this plan to like get ben the co-pilot like out for as long as they could so that way he could like actually kind of like talk to the terrorist guy Mm. um and yeah so basically he's just like yeah no i'm not not gonna crash the plane you're not gonna kill my family um yeah i can't tell you what happens at the house i'm realizing because i remember being like what yeah it sounds like Mm -hmm. shit's about to hit the fan yeah pretty much by the time the fbi gets to the house is when you're like oh shit okay that's when you start to figure out like who this terrorist is you do figure out like what the backup plan is Mm. um yeah bill does figure out some like sneaky way to like contact the faa which is like really helpful and so like that's how they're able to like figure out some other stuff um but then also like when the fbi is like talking to the president and stuff and they're like you know if it comes down to it like we're gonna have to shoot this plane out the sky like that's their backup plan i mean it's better for the people in the plane to die than for their target to like blow up or whatever might happen Mm -hmm. yeah exactly because it's like okay like either like this pilot and that's the one right they know like the pilot's gonna choose the family or the plane and they're like if we can't find the family and save the family in time like also like there's no then there's no guarantee even though right even if they like do find the family in time and everything there's still no guarantee that like the terrorist people or the terrorist and whoever the backup people are aren't going to do something to kill the plane right we know that backup right. plane is still there so like okay now what if everybody dies yeah so yeah, they're, yeah they're like obviously we can't let this plane go to dc and so they were going to shoot it out the sky so they're also racing against a clock in that regard and like i said bill's supposed to like throw the gas in the back oh like, yeah there's a whole mm-hmm. plane and that has to happen like sometime before they reach mm-hmm. there so at first we're really like rushing up against like that kind of time frame like okay when is that gonna happen when's that gonna happen and then bill is like when he's talking to joe because they only really get to talk like the one time um he's like i have to take care of shit up front like this is your cabin you need to plan and so then joe is like working and decides to tell daddy big daddy and kelly what's going on too because she's like well i can't just like make all these plans for myself yeah she really can't without them yeah so she tells them and then they have to decide like okay what are we gonna do like do we tell the people on the plane? Do we not? And so they decide, like, they're not going to tell, but they're like, oh, we'll just drop all the oxygen masks, right? Like, we'll do that. And we'll like, And they're like, we'll come up with a lie for why. Of course, though, they don't realize there's internet on the plane and there's like a quote unquote famous person. It's not really a famous person. It's just like an influencer. But he's mm-hmm. like posting about it with the internet that they have that they like didn't think about the fact that there's internet on the plane and then all you're the not people... supposed to use your phone on the plane everybody no you can you turn it back on you can turn on airplane mode and they have wi-fi on the I airplane guess. i just and never yeah. do oh i've done it but well probably well, the like... 2000s it was a no <laughs> well i don't take it off airplane though that's terrifying um but like so this like influencer guy is like posting about this like tweeting and whatnot and people are like homie that's like not a real thing like they're lying to you so now they have to deal with this almost like mob that they have on the plane. I did appreciate Yikes. part of it at one point. Like one of the people, one of the passengers, it's like, you're going to let me through. I'm going to go storm into the cockpit. And she's like, what are you going to do? How are you, you going to get the door down? Like, what's your plan? And he, she's like, you Steel. can't. Like, you can't do it. And he was like, well, they did 9-11. And she's like, yeah, this is a post 9-11 door. The door is because of 9-11. So what's your plan? And he's like, we're going to do it anyway. And she's like, okay, great. Assuming you get through the door that you can't get through what's your plan and he's like we're gonna kill the terrorists and she's like and then who's gonna fly the plane 
Like now you've killed the two people up here, our two pilots. You know how to fly a freaking plane. You've killed them both. Now what's now what's your plan, bruh? And he's just like, uh, and you're like, oh my gosh, you're an idiot. Go sit down. Classic alpha male. Absolutely, yeah. So they have to figure out like, okay, what are we gonna do? So they like come up with the plan for like what's gonna happen with the gas, how to try to keep like the people like calm and not have this riot on the plane. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, and also like obviously they don't know what kind of gas it is. Like they don't know what's gonna happen. Oh um, right, it's like, is it gonna make them knock out? Is it like nerve gas? Like, is it gonna be painful? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, and then the oxygen masks only have twelve minutes of oxygen, so it's like and they also choose not to tell the passengers that, which. I don't appreciate. I wouldn't. Because also at one point, right? Like we're like coming up to the time, coming up to the time. And they all have their their masks on. And I'm like, oh, you were burning valuable oxygen that you don't have. Granted, I don't know how long is like processing. Because like I was saying, this book kind of like jumps between point of views as it's telling the story. Mm -hmm. So like we'll be up in the plane, then we're back down in LA. And then we're Time's hard to tell, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, maybe they didn't actually have it on all that long. So that was kind of annoying. I didn't really love that. Um, some of the conversations that they have are just stupid, to be honest. Like, I'm like, okay, sure, yeah, whatever, move on. Like, I don't, I didn't feel like a lot of the conversations, maybe not a lot, but like a good chunk of them, I didn't feel like it ever really like carried the story. Like, they were like filler. Yeah, it's like, Roger, Roger, okay, good. Alpha, do this. Alpha's doing this. Like, FBA lady, you can just tell them to do it, and I know they're gonna do it. Like, they're gonna Go take their order and they're gonna move on. Like. And so, like, some of that was kind of dumb. Um, the FBI guy, who was, like, super reckless, like, causes a huge car accident at one point, And I think he might have killed a motorcyclist and then stolen the man's motorcycle. Not super clear. But it's, like, he, he like, caused, like, a three-car accident. And somehow there was a motorcycle with no person on it at, during this accident. So, I'm, like, you must have obviously somebody hit the motorcycle guy. And he just takes the dude's motorcycle and runs off. And it's, like, because he, like doesn't look both ways as he's going 75 and a 35 it's like okay so like he's doing a lot of reckless things and i'm like yeah i see why you almost lost your job and i think you're gonna lose it again like if you don't save the day you're not gonna have a job even if you do save the day i don't know they should have a job sounds like Like, a gamble yeah so that was just kind of really annoying and like i'm sure it's a thing and like it seemed realistic like there are people like that but i don't like him um overall though noah no the book though is like a good i gave it like a three and a half four because like overall it was good it sucked me in um the plane stuff seemed all like realistic um i did guess the backup plan like i was pretty confident in it and i got it right i was between two at first and then i narrowed it down to what i think the one backup plan was and so i was pretty right on that um but i mean like it was still good and basically the whole thing is like is it going to be like a father's love, right? Is he going to pick the family or is he going to pick the 149 souls on board that he has a responsibility to save? Sounds like, suspenseful. Yeah. And it's really good. Um, and this author has another one, another book about a plane that crashed into the water. And there's like people in the plane that doesn't have water in it totally. I don't know. I'm not telling you. They're sure. like really into the plane genre. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were a flight attendant and this is like, so yeah, this is definitely going to be kind of like, their niche niche whatever but i like it i will read the next one like i liked the book okay. enough that i'll absolutely try another one from this author um so yeah if anyone wants to read like plane books check it out it is a good thriller like i do feel maybe not on a plane maybe not no. while you're on a plane yeah maybe not no maybe not like when you're gonna be getting on a plane no, that's the other no. one too like 
Bill is like doing like, you know, like all of the things that they've trained for, all the conversations he's had with other pilots about like, what would you do? Like never once have any of them ever thought like, what would I do if I'm up on the plane and the threat is like back at home? Right. Like they know what to do like when the threat is on the plane, but like, he's like, yeah, he's like, never once have we ever like even thought. You wouldn't expect that to happen. Yeah. Like it's just like a lack of imagination i guess basically right like as a pilot you're like oh that wouldn't be a thing like that wouldn't I'm happen leaving, yeah. like bad guys aren't gonna know who my family are they're safe they're there yeah it's fine um the reason that the terrorists are doing what they're doing was kind of like i mean i guess really do terrorists need to have logic no they don't no so, they're terrorists yeah so there is that which at first i was like this doesn't make any sense why are you doing this and then i was like oh because you're an extremist and like bad things happened in your life and you need to get back at somebody like oh that sounds about right that's like every terrorist mo yeah um you do find out really early though that like bill's boss boss is like kind of in on it somehow like (gasps) like like he's not necessarily a terrorist but he was doing some sketchy stuff that the terrorists were able to take advantage of and blackmail him or something yeah Mm -hmm. yep and that's how yeah they blackmailed him to make it so that bill was the pilot on that oh it wasn't like like random because he wasn't supposed to be on this flight right it wasn't wasn't random if he had just said no to his boss he wouldn't have even been in the situation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. damn yeah so and you learned that early on so that's not even a spoiler but like that was like one because that was mine i was like how did they pick him and it's like oh yeah i was thinking that i was like how would they have known if he was last minute fill in who his family was and they could get like Mm -hmm. yeah all right Yep, yep. So the big boss. Mm-hmm. He's like, he was like number two or number one or something. Was doing Makes some sense. things he's not supposed to be doing. Wow. Well, yeah. I think these were some solid dad picks, honestly. Agreed. Like, mm-hmm. mine was a murderer and yours had to decide Sophie's choice. Yeah. So. And also, you know, read it. See who he picks. I'm very curious, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hope everyone liked it. In the meantime, socials, Instagram is not past your bedtime. Twitter, IIPYB underscore pod. TikTok isn't in the past your bedtime i really stumbled just then but yeah you did it that we'll talk to everyone later bye everyone bye